Hey, everybody. I'm Kelly Ellers. I'm Jeffrey Lennon. This is Ellen Ellers with Volume Up with the Tease. Okay, so it's official. I've been trolled by my 10-year-old son. So how do you <laughs> like that? Co-host. New co-host. We love it. <laughs> I, I'm okay with being replaced. I would listen to him talking about the salon <laughs> professional industry, honestly. I feel like some fresh new insights. You know, he did get his hair highlighted over spring break, both of them, because when you were with my mom, salon owner, you had right over to Cosmoprof and he was convinced he wanted mint hair. Talked him out of it. It's still just blonde. I know I did. Oh, mint would have been so good. I mean, the blonde is incredible. It helps that your mom's a pro. Um, but mint would have been the look for spring. You're right. So maybe it'll happen at some point. <laughs> Please document it for us. We'll talk about that later. I will. All of the teachers are like, is your hair blonder? To both of my children, they're like, mm-hmm. I had a bleach. <laughs> are they allowed to, to color their hair at school? They are. And the first time my mom colored their hair, as I dropped them off, I was like, hmm, I don't know if that's a thing, but nobody said anything. So we'll go with it. I just remember my Catholic school was not into anything that was not not natural. So <laughs> I'm loving that they're allowed to, to up the, the volume on oh, yeah. their blonde. I mean, if you don't bleach your hair at 10 and 8, who are you? Right. Have you even lived? <laughs> Jeffrey, do you participate in April Fools? I mean, I know it was a couple weeks ago, but no, no. not at all. I'm I've got no no room left to be fooled. How about that? <laughs> um, I thought it was cute, like some of the marketing stuff that I saw, the like Tiffany yellow box for Tiffany. Like that yeah. funny, that's cutesy. Like I'm I'm okay with that level of you know silliness, but right. but no, much, much beyond that. No, I, I'm not a fan. How about you? No, no. That should sailed long ago. Although, oh, now that I say it out loud, mm. my two boys did. We were with their nanny, their grandma in Florida, taking all of the safety precautions. Mm-hmm. And they did the, okay, my eight-year-old, I go in the bathroom and I'm like, what is, uh, what is this? He took apart an Oreo, squeezed toothpaste in it, put the Oreo back together and nanny ate it. And not because she was trying to play along. She really likes Oreos. And he was like, there's not enough frosting on this one. And she took a bite. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty killer. Like, no that's... one prompted him to do this. Like, I was like, what is this mess? And they're like, oh, it's the toothpaste in the Oreo. So, yes. Wow. I mean, that's pure. That's that's some good, wholesome fun. That's not yep. making me annoyed on the internet. Uh, Godspeed. Good luck to them. For their future. <laughs> they've got a they've got a bright future ahead of them, I think. I believe so as well. <laughs> so other things that are happening right now, the vaccine. It's mm-hmm. coming. It's coming yeah. for you and for me. You're one shot in. I'm one I'm, shot in. You're no shots in, but you're but LA. I'll be there. <laughs> you're gonna need to fly safely somewhere to get it, or I don't know. But is it coming soon for you? We think, we think. Uh April 15 was the day. I'm signed up. I'm ready okay, for good. an appointment. And then, yeah, we're going to be living it up. Hot girl summer style. <laughs> when I got mine a couple of days ago and it was really, it's kind of emotional. I'm not going to lie. I mean, they get you in and out and it's like, you're, you're there, but the nurse was like, so jazzed. And I was like, this has to be like such a moment in your career. And she's like, I love it. 
people take pictures with me. I love my job. I love what I'm doing. So it was just really, it was quite, it was quite charming. And on that note, some other good news. Some other good news. If you liked our interview with George Papa Nicholas, Matrix and Celebrity Colorist, make sure to hit subscribe, rate and review and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Tease and send in questions to volume up at thetease.com. On today's episode, in honor of Earth Day and Earth Month, I spoke with Jennifer Wallenick, Marketing Manager for Glow, our specialty salon recycling company. There are so many misconceptions when it comes to clean and green in general, but specifically with recyclable materials and even more specifically in the context of the salon. But before we get there, we have so much to talk about. So let's get started. What about what's bothering you? What about rants this week? I mean, I've got a couple to kick us off. Kick us off. Okay. So have you seen this trend? It's it's everywhere on the social medias right now. The gallon size water bottles. And I know that this was like a fitness thing a while ago, but now it's a celebrity thing. And I feel like there's a 50-50 shot. You might have one. (laughs) I don't have one, but I kind of want one. It has worked. It is. I am fully not hydrated enough. You are are coffee hydrated. Like Yeah, I'm dehydrating myself much more than I'm hydrating. But I should get one of these big ass bottles but they're carrying them around like a small child like how much water a day do you drink no i no no very little very i drink a nice coffee too many times um and occasionally a can of some spark but it's not it's not real water you know no real let's not talk about enough about me what about how much water do you drink kelly that's what they really want to know I have to believe I drink pretty close to at least three-fourths of a gallon. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. All right, so your cells are really Mm -hmm. feeling it. Good for you. My cells are feeling good. They're hydrated. (laughs) Um, But I don't measure it in said water bottle. Like, how are you going to take a big gallon bottle and drink from it? It's just not my vibe at all, so. Oh, we might have to get you a a custom bottle for the future. Uh, Take some (laughs) pictures. You can post it to Instagram. Uh, Something that I'm really interested in right now is this whole Khloe Kardashian bathing suit controversy. Oh, Not to like get into any sort of body shaming. That's not what this is about. But I'm genuinely freaked out by the response of the family to like get the picture taken down. What's so bad about the picture? I mean, she's smoking. Nothing. She looks incredible. Right. But it wasn't touched to the extent that they like their outward facing you know, whatever. And, and my God, the, the screenshots that are coming out from like Kim's account asking people to take stuff down is next level. But it's not, it can't be Kim doing it. Am I mean, I right? somebody, somebody who's on Kim's account. I mean, those, unless the, all of those screenshots are doctored too. I mean, what's real at that point? What's but real? The, but the momager, Chris Kardashian, she's real. Like she's built an empire off of probably not amazing soliciting her children and like the deals but I mean if we're talking pure manager status minus mom like she does a great job I agree it's just it seems like sort of strange that this would be the thing to focus on like I feel like you're making a mountain out of a molehill right like it just let the picture go away yeah whatever (laughs) that yeah it's a it's a thing that I'm I'm genuinely baffled by and enjoying all of it just washing over me the response all of it 
Okay, here's one I'm baffled by. We're going to take it all the way back, <laughs> all the way back to 1799. And mm. can you tell me that there was, okay, would you pay $40,000 for a lock of George Washington's, not hair, although they say hair, it's got to be the white wig and it's in the locket. It's kind of interesting. I don't know if it's worth 40000 but what's your take on that? I wouldn't spend a penny on that. <laughs> Here's a... <laughs> no, I took my head. I go, hmm, how much could I pay? And I was up to like two grand in my mind. Two, okay. Two grand's reasonable, I guess. The 40 is a lot. It's a lot for, for some wig in a locket. I know, but I 1799 I mean... I don't know. I don't know. I just wanted to put it out there to see what, what it was worth to you. Turns out not much. <laughs> <laughs> Donnie okay, Father's hair. Not top of my list. You, okay. Mm. Speaking of worth to you, I know we all know that you're a big Crocs fan. And the Beebs came out with his second collaboration with Crocs and with a full blown emphasis on Crocs with socks. I am completely against it. Where do you stand? <laughs> I mean, truthfully, I did not like the first collaboration right. with one Biebs and yeah. Crocs. The the yellow colorway was ick, okay. I would say. But wow. this one, woo, this like <laughs> lilac purple, ooh, it's, it's doing things. Do you have the little clips on your Crocs? The little... The, little... the gibbets? Gibbets. Mm-hmm. Do I? No. Have I fantasized about what I would add? Yes. They're not to my liking. There's a company that does bespoke gibbets out of the UK, if you can imagine. Of course they do. Of course they do. (laughs) And of course I'm receiving those ads. Um, So I've given some thoughts of purchasing those. Um, I've not, I've not been inclined to get the Crocs brand gibbets. But if you had one bespoke gibbet that you could attach (laughs) to said Croc, what would it be? Like, what would it be? Um, I'm really into like the semi-precious gem stuff that they've got. This one, I can't remember what that, maybe we'll link to it. It's not important, but they've got like, like crystals and pearls and stuff. It seems pretty important to you. I I mean. (laughs) I can't escape the ad. I feel like your daughter might have some of these, but are they the bespoke ones? Are they? No, they're the, they're the full. They're the Crocs brand gibbets of her initials and rainbows and too many dumb things that you get when you're in the store. She's a more is more gal, which I got you. I got you. She's a, she's a, she sure is. Just like Biebs. Just like Biebs. Oh, my one last thing that I'm into is, did you see that Old Navy article where a little girl had asked Old Navy, can you please stop putting faux pockets in the front of girls' pants? And to be honest, I didn't really realize that that was a thing because I only have little boys and there are legit pockets. So I think it's cool that, you know, she called Old Navy out because I have several pairs of pants sans pocket. But with a pocket spot, which is crazy. Like actual craziness. Why? To to like pretend to the world that you have a pocket? (laughs) It's it's total like lunacy. I wonder if there's women out there who have actually like cut the pocket out, you know? I mean, it's a mistake you could make, right? It's sewed up there. Sometimes you got to pop those open for pockets Mm -hmm. to free the pocket. 
And then there's the the pocket just goes right out. The change goes right out the pocket. Mm -hmm. No Mm -hmm. pocket. (laughs) Well, this little girl is changing the world. One one complaint at a time. We're all about it. Speaking of hard hitting news, (laughs) our editorial team. I mean, honestly, that is good for her. We're all about it. it. Our editorial team has been hard at work this week, just like last week and the week before, uncovering industry news, diving into brands that you don't know, but that you should, one that I'll talk about in a minute. And here are favorite headlines from thetease.com this week. Kelly, what are you into? Yeah, so my first is the five stylist hair accessories to freshen up your spring look. I mean, I'm taking it back. I'm taking it back to 95, 96. Like sophomore junior year of high school and it was full-blown you know we're going butterfly clips we're going claw clips I was actually out and about the other day fully masked up etc and I noticed someone had one of those claw clips in their hair and I thought wow did they save that but turns out it's back and the editors break it down they do I mean here you are being upset about Crocs, and then you go on to say that you're into a butterfly clip and a claw. Oh, no, no, no. no, I'm not into it. I did it already. Like, mm. I did it. Mm. Kind of like the, the memes <laughs> out there. It's like, hey, millennials and Gen Z, like, we've already done this. Like, I already had a middle part, and now I have a slightly side part. I already did the middle part. Like, I did it. So. Well, but, to your point. Some really good tips in that that article. Um, <laughs> one that I'm really interested in is someone who, you can't tell right now because I don't have any hair, but when I yeah. do, it tends to get quite dry. It doesn't help that I bleach the hell out of it and do all sorts of other things. So the Teases article, seven conditioning masks for dry damaged hair, spoke to me. Oh. I'll say. And if you need to invest in a good mask, I feel like you should go through that list. Uh, Some of them that are on there, I don't think you'd be surprised by Olaplex, duh. At this point, if you're not using Olaplex, what are you doing? Verb, Bilage, lots of different picks. Get in there, go add to cart. Mask away, yes. I am kind of hoping that someday your curls make a resurgence, (laughs) like a resurgence, like- I would need a a heavy duty mask. You had these curls for days and- you buzzed them off. Last but not least for me is the top seven Asian American and Pacific Islander hair pros to follow now. Oh, and always, right? So we map those amazing professionals out on the tees.com. So check them out. Yeah, check it out. Smash that follow button. Last article that I'm into uh, is Say. I had to think about how to say it. Oh. Say sets the tone for sustainable beauty in the spirit of Earth Month doing lots of coverage on the tees.com around clean beauty, clean hair brands, all sorts of stuff in that vein. So if you're into clean beauty, you should definitely know about Say. Read the article for a rundown on the woman-owned brand's philosophy on environmentalism, product range, habits, recycling, all of it. Love the article. Love the brand. Love it. S-A-I-E. Say. Yes. Like say la vie. Say la vie. It's, it's a homophone as my children mm-hmm. are learning. As always, so much going on at thetees.com. Thank you to our hardworking editors. We're proud to publish the stories that salon pros and consumers care about. And if you care about the environment, if you don't, you're a monster, and want to know about how the salon professional industry can clean up its act, you're going to love this interview with Jennifer Wallenick from Glow Recycling. Don't miss it.
Everybody, we are joined by Jennifer Wallenick from Glow Recycling. We are so excited. We're gonna talk about all the things that Glow is up to these days, including a brand new program. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, please, please, let's get started. Let's get right into it. Glow is new to the beauty space, but not to the fight for environmental responsibility and sustainability. But for those that are unfamiliar with Glow, how would you describe the company? Yeah, sure. So I'm happy to give an overview glow or green life organization. So that's also very important to understand. So the name does mean something more than glow. It's a specialty recycling company. So what that means is we take the hard to recycle items from salons that are not accepted curbside programs, and we're able to give them a second life. So we as Glow are definitely on a mission to create the easiest salon recycling program ever. So we're recovering items like hair, foils, gloves, used hair care products, aerosols. And like I said, we're giving them what we call a second life so they don't go to landfill. We love that. We're all about environmental responsibility here at the Tees, dealing with our environmental impacts, whether at the individual level or the macro level. Why beauty? Tell us a little bit about that. It's an interesting uh, story, and it's something I like to call sweet serendipity. So Glow was fueled by G2 Revolution, which is a specialty recycling company. Now, we've been in business, so I work for Glow, which is a brand of G2 Revolution. But G2 Revolution has been in business since 2008. So they work with retailers and manufacturers on a very large scale, doing exactly what Glow is doing of recovering those hard-to-recycle items. So I kind of came on board the company, having a background in building out brands from the ground up. Our founder had literally just gotten a haircut and had this grandiose conversation of like pain points of them complaining of, we can't recycle this. And why can't we recycle this? And there was a severe lack of education. And so the founder kind of raised this topic. I was there at the company. So we literally built Glow from the ground up to focus on the beauty space where there wasn't a lot of education. We knew that we could recover items But also it was just an opportunity for us to stretch our innovation wings and really step into a space where, yes, there might have been some solutions there provided, but we could take it a step further and have credible outlets and certified recycling, kind of bring our logistics brain to the the game. So we are very excited to kind of bring it on board and we launched in January 2020. So we're new to the space, but not new to the recycling, like you said. The listener here understands that the salon professional industry creates waste, but exactly how much waste are we talking? I feel like that is the thing that people are not really understanding. It's not just like I throw away this thing that I could have maybe recycled, but rather there's a big old problem. So could you help quantify it for our listeners? The statistics are really interesting. Um, The latest stats that we found were that every single day in the U.S. salons were generating over 400,000 pounds of waste. So the numbers were saying 421,000 pounds of waste every day, which is astounding. So when you look at by industry, salons were actually ranking uh, to the very top of the list for industries that were creating astounding amount of waste. So, you know, when you look at that quantifiably, that's one and a half football fields full of things like foils, things like gloves. And keep in mind that all these things are absolutely required and needed to perform salon services. So it's not like extraneous of like, oh, we just happen to go through all these things. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, well, I do need, you know, 30, 40 foils to put on a client's head. So when you look at that annually, that's 150 million pounds of waste every year. So 
I did want to note that the interesting part of all of that is this is pre-COVID. So this is pre-pandemic. So if you look at, you know, all of the regulations in place, the salons are having to protect their customers and their employees. So they're donning masks, gloves, face shields, disposable aprons, disposable capes, plastic sheeting. I mean, the list goes Mm -hmm. on and all of these items cannot go curbside. They're plastic and they have to go to the trash. So, you know, when we looked at that and we were looking at the data and working with our salons that were, you know, still doing glow services, we were estimating that that's 500 pounds of extra waste the salon is generating just simply by PPE items that are required. So, and that's every year. So it's, it will be amazing to see the statistics that are coming out in another year, uh, you know, once we get out of this pandemic, hopefully. It's, it's amazing to see the statistics like literally lined up for what we're generating. Incredible in not the best way. Um, yeah. ugh, frightening figures, uh, but luckily there are services like Glow, for example, that are coming in and helping to empower salons across the U.S. to do something about this. So let's just break it down for salon pros that are out there, whether they're stylists, salon owners, what can and cannot be recycled via a curbside recycling program? So it's important to note that there are little discrepancies state by state and even municipality by municipality. So that's something incredibly important to note. And that's where we always preach education. So if you don't know what's accepted in your curbside program, just reach out to your service provider. They are more than happy to provide the information. And I think a lot of people rely on what we call wish cycling, where they're kind of Mm -hmm. talking and being like, I hope it's recycled. Um, But On average, when we looked at salon waste in particular, less than 10% of the waste they were generating could be accepted by curbside programs. So if you look at things that would be things like cardboard, paper, you know, specific plastic numbers, which is important to note because some curbside programs are like only plastic numbers one through five. And that's that little, you know, triangle on the bottom of the products. And a lot of people just don't take the time to flip, you know, to flip over over a product and say, oh, that's plastic number, whatever. Um, And a lot of the curbside programs require the products to be rinsed and dried with the cap off, which again, is another preparation step that some people just simply don't go through. So if you say a salon generates 10 pounds of waste, we'll keep the math easy. That's only one pound, you know, that's going to recycling and the alarming statistics. So you look at that one pound, it goes into the bin, it goes off to the sorting facility through their curbside, but less than 35% of that one pound is actually recycled. So this is due to things like, you know, contamination is very, it's just one of the top reasons, Uh, you know, wet products, items not fully prepped, like I said, rinsed and drained. Uh, So these are, you know, just very common things that people just don't understand, or they're tossing the recyclables in something like a little grocery bag, or a, a, you know, trash bag. Well, those things, if a recycler pulls that out, it's going straight to landfill. They don't have time to rip it open and dump out the contents. They are in, in mass. So they're looking, working on very large quantities. So and even small, very small things like small plastic caps, if you're throwing in those individually, sometimes those can't even go through their large sorting machines. So they have to filter those out and those go straight to landfill. So there's some interesting sizing requirements that a lot of people don't know about. But again, that's why we're very passionate about education. And we're very passionate about getting the story out. Because, you know, again, I think a lot of people resort to that 
if I put it in the bin, it's probably going to recycle. They'll find a way when the reality is not really, when you look at less than 35% is actually being recycled. So it's an, we're pulling back the curtain, you know, we're trying to bring out the education here. Absolutely. And it's so needed. I mean, truthfully, I don't think that people think or look into these figures. And so, you know, it is wonderful that there are organizations like Glow that are doing this work for us and bringing Salon Pros these kinds of solutions. So, I mean, let, let's get down to what Glow then does uniquely. How exactly does Glow Recycling take salon waste that isn't traditionally recyclable and give it that second life? So we really focus on attainable, easy to use, like literally deliver to your front door, first of all, because one of the biggest hurdles that we had to overcome is people think, oh my gosh, is this hard to use? Like, I don't have time. I don't like, do I have to go through and sit, you know, for hours every week to sort? Mm -hmm. So we really used all of our logistics background and we really used years of experience working with retailers who are also work, you know, like relying on part-time and full-time workers to, you know, do their sorting as well. And we said, okay, we're going to do the mailback recycling program. So that's number one is we deliver flat empty boxes. You pop it open, you put the liner bag in and you start sorting. So we have, you know, a hair box, we have our mixed box, which can also receive PPE. We have our aerosols box. So first of all, it's super easy and you don't have to rinse anything. Everything is kind of as is we do all the sorting and we have, you know, it's again, it's the affordable and attainable sustainability for salons. So once we receive it back, we do all the sorting and that's where everything's given a second life. So once it's kind of off into the, the sorting land, then for example, if there's like shampoo and conditioner with product inside, we'll make sure that is hundred percent empty. And that will go to like industrial floor cleaner and that will become a second life. A hair, we did honestly a lot of research uh, because a lot of the default solutions that currently exist for hair is, you know, oil booms. Well, those are burned after use and we could just not live with ourselves as a recycling company. So we found local family farms of all things and said, we need your hair for animal deterrence. So they were sprinkling hair out on their fields and we literally have videos of deer coming up to the fields and running away, smelling the human hair. So we have amazing second life solutions like that. So, but the key thing is all a salon has to do is, you know, just follow the acceptable items list, toss it in. We do all the sorting and we give you back all the data. So everything's certified recycling, get a little certificate uh, to, and with zero landfill. So we don't even have trash cans <laughs> at our sorting facility. So uh, everything's 100% second life solution or, you know, it's generated for waste energy or whatever the end of life solution that we have determined for it. That sounds incredible. To what you just said in terms of, you know, part-time workers, maybe they're rushed. They didn't follow the instruction. They like threw something in there that they weren't really sure about a little bit of the white wish cycling that you would refer to. Mm -hmm. um, but unfortunately it's a glow box. What happens in that situation? So the, the cool thing is we will never reject anything. So uh, we're zero landfill and we do take that literally. So if that's something like they're, you know, tossing in 
I don't know, a, a dirty diaper, some Kleenexes, yep. random things that they have in their purse. Like we ensure that that is always, uh, it will always be diverted from the landfill. So there's no such thing as, you know, rejection or uh, we have to divert it to landfill. Like the, like I mentioned, the municipality level where they're saying, okay, this is in a plastic bag. I don't have time to rip it open. Or this is this greasy pizza box has contaminated this whole recycling bin that has to be tossed. So we rely on a sustainable solution called waste to energy, which combust items such as like empty hair color tubes or other items that are, again, extremely hard to fully recycle. And they're still recycled in terms of their generating electricity. So what's cool is through our programs in mass compared and paired with G2 Revolution is we've been able to help generate enough electricity to power half of Indianapolis. So that goes to show that all of that trash that could have just been sitting there in a landfill is now generating steam energy to power half of a city. So it is amazing when you have truly thought out specialty recycling solutions. And yes, that is even with a box that's considered contaminated or dirty, that just does not exist in our world. Wow. I'm blown away um, in the best way. That's, I mean, this is the news that we want to hear. Uh, so again, thankful that there are groups like you guys that are out there doing this. One initiative that we've talked about on the um, and is happening right now is the Salon Green Dreams campaign. Can you talk to us a little bit about that and how folks can get involved? I learned what by working with the salon industry that it is truly a heart-centered industry. And so we had to, through reading the headlines, and it were, we were in the trenches, first of all, with co- when COVID happened and all the shutdowns happened, we were on the phone. We were emailing, we were physically talking with salons of like, what's going on? You know, how can we help you? And they're all like, we're drowning in a sea of plastic. And so we were hearing the story over and over and over. And then the brand started reaching out and said, Hey, like, you know, I saw you, you do recycling. Like, is there any way like we can help through sponsorship? So we finally opened up this outlet. We're calling it salon green dreams campaign. And it truly is just an outlet for brands to come in and help sponsor three free months of glow services to help recover that PPE. So like I talked about all that sea of plastic that salons are going through in order to simply keep their employees and their customers safe and not get sick. And we help recover that. So it doesn't have to go to landfill. So brands can get involved. You know, we have, we have a URL set up where brands can, you know, help like sponsor boxes through it. We have a sign up form for salons. And what we do is brands will work with us and say, I want to sponsor X amount of salons. We set up those vouchers on the website. And then every month we're going to give away those to random, you know, salons that have signed up from the list. And this is just such an amazing conversation that we can have with salons that are struggling. So it's, we really wanted that intersection of, you know, sustainability, safety, and just really giving back through brands of, you know, these salons that are struggling to recover. But the cool part is we're seeing the salon industry just roaring back, Phoenix rising. Um, and we, you know, we're going through with this and we don't have an end date to this campaign. Um, we do see this as an ongoing effort to help struggling salons. So we will drop the links uh, within the show notes so that folks that are listening, brand reps, friends of ours that are listening to the podcast can can go and sign up. How does an individual stylist sign up? How do they put their salon on the radar, for example? 
Yeah, absolutely. So that URL that you'll drop in the show note, there's a really simple sign up form and it's not anything spammy or anything. It's simply to enter them for a chance to win these vouchers and they'll be able to sign up. And the cool thing with Glow is it is entirely self-service portal. So let's say that stylist works for, or an owner has multiple locations. Mm -hmm. They can set it up on the back end. So maybe one location is really struggling. We can help them with three free months of Glow and they can, can, they can have glow services that they pay for at the other salon. So it's very customizable. Uh, we don't rely on a sales team to call you. It really truly is the easiest salon recycling program that you can set up. And through the salon green dreams, it's just a simple sign up form. So much of what you've described is making it sound like recycling, cleaning up one's act is fairly easy. Um, that is counterintuitive to a lot of talk from partners in this space, manufacturers, others. What is, from your perspective, one of the like larger myths about recycling within the salon professional industry? What do you guys hear at Glow time and time again? Well, I talked a lot about the wish cycling, and I think it... <laughs> It truly boils down to that we're just seeing a lack of education in the salon space. When we first started Glow, and I was talking with brands and salons, uh, the first question I was asked of like, why do I need you? I recycle. I'm like, well, do you? <laughs> so we would go through and we performed, you know, countless waste audits with what we call waste audits with salons. And we would literally look through, we would ask them to send a box of trash to us with gloves on. We would go through um, and just explain to them, like, you think you're recycling all of this, but we can tell you that your local municipal program cannot accept this, cannot accept that. And, you know, we had to do this conversation over and over and over. And what we just quickly found was just, there is just so little education. So as we're, you know, coming out from the shutdown of COVID, the salon industry is roaring back to life. That is our number one initiative with Glow overall is just getting our story out there, the messaging, sharing the stats, sharing the story. Um, and we have salons that are, you know, still using Glow and, you know, providing those firsthand accounts of, of how this does make a difference. But I think wish, wish cycling, um, lack of education is still, you know, like those biggest myths, because I think some people are assuming a lot of things because they're not seeing the backend operations. Well, we do the backend operations. So we're able to kind of bring that story again, peel back the curtain and say, be careful of this, make sure you educate this. But the biggest thing is just never assume, always educate yourself. If you're not sure, just call up your local curbside program. The nice thing about Glow is we have a full, you know, website that has list upon list of what we do accept, but also what we don't accept. Because one of the biggest things with regulated waste is there are certain states that we can't offer uh, our mixed recycling, for example, California being one, simply due to state regulations. So that's something um, that we have to educate people too. Of there's compliance involved and there's uh, inspectors involved that are you know do come to stores, and we know that from our retailer background. So it's a lot about getting our story out there, but really education first uh, is our number one goal. Now, we talked about the Salon Green Dreams program. Uh, for salons that don't get selected, uh, how could they go about reducing their environmental impact, their carbon footprint, um, if they maybe don't have the cash to, to sign up for GLOW? Yeah, and I think that's true of a lot of businesses that simply don't have 
you know, the, the frosting atop the cake right now, maybe they're just in survival mode. Maybe mm -hmm. they're just trying to build their business. So I think that's a very fair question. And I always say you can always start small and grow from there, but the biggest thing is consistency. And I always preach, you know, it's always important that, you know, sustainable, it can start with the smallest of actions. So it's just a consistency over a long period of time where you make the most impact. But I mean, just some examples that I can think of is, and, and keep in mind that customers will care that you care. So if you as a business are making the effort and backing it up with a story or showing exactly what you're doing, customers will care, especially the newest generation of buyers that are coming through the market are, I mean, I see it all over TikTok and Instagram and social media are like this brand, or I love this brand. And a lot of it really boils down to environmental or sustainability. And they're really the purchasing power is there, but some easy things that they could do is, you know, really start looking at your product line, or there's some like clean beauty uh, that you can invest in as their environmental friendly products and look at the products that you carry in the store, but also that you use where, um, you know, maybe you're doing a lot of disposable granted COVID has changed the story on disposable because uh, we always preach, you know, refillable with this and that and reusable, but we understand that this at this point in time, but you know, look at low flow toilets and sinks. I think that's another easy swap. And those aren't super expensive either. Uh, LED light bulbs. That's another one we always preach of, again, it, it can really make an enormous impact on, well, your electricity bill, but also the environment. Um, you know, consider fill-up stations. Maybe there's a loyalty program that you can start in your salon where you can say, if you purchase this product, we will also offer a, ref a refill station. If you come back, number one, it's foot traffic. But number two, maybe it's a loyalty program where they get X percentage off a of service or a coupon to use next time. So it's really, I, I always try to think of just what is the sustainability story that you want to try to project and really what is the brand that you want to have for your salon. So we call them green-minded salons and you don't have to be like super green and hippie. Uh, you know, we call them the granola crunchers, which I think that is just such a key term that can apply to a certain selected amount of people. But I think a lot of people look at that and say, that's not attainable. I don't know if I can put all that effort into it, or I can only do so much with so much money or time or energy. And we say, start small, but be consistent. And don't just try something and then quit. Just be very consistent, tell that story and create that green-minded brand for your company. Love, love, love that. We can all benefit by being a little bit more green-minded. And these steps that you outlined, I think make a ton of sense for a lot of folks. Before we wrap, because we're getting incredibly towards the end of our, our talk today, we're going to bring up our quick takes. So these are the quick takes that we ask of all of our guests. You are not responding in your capacity as a glow rep, but rather somebody is that's in the salon professional industry. Um, we have all of our fans that are really interested in these things, curiously enough. Um, and some of them, I think, are quite relevant to our discussions around sustainability. Uh, the first one being bar soap or body wash. So I have to admit that I... Even before I worked for a recycling company, I've always been a bar soap girl. Mm -hmm. I think it's just, it really has a long shelf life. Um, maybe I'm just cheap in some aspects, but I do love the clean ingredients that are in bar soap. Um, but also it has minimal packaging. I can't stand, you know, throwing out plastic bottle after plastic bottle. So I think that's ingrained in me at this point. Um, but yes, I'm a bar soap girl. Sure. I am a body wash person, but also can't escape how disgusting I feel by 
recycling a plastic bottle that may or may not be and all of those things. And so I've recently done a refillable subscription glass bottle service thing, but there's so many good bar soaps that are out there now and shampoos and conditioners. And so, you know, everybody that laughs about this, they should reconsider. And it's a great way to support small businesses too. There's so many, like our local farmer's market has this like amazing woman that makes it from like goat's milk. And it's just like a really great way to just tap into that local market where you're not supporting a big brand. You're doing very minimal packaging and you're, you know, still protecting the environment because it's a full circle where she's literally using something where she's saying, okay, I have a new use for goat's milk. And I think it's Mm -hmm. incredible. So, and it smells really good. (laughs) Fair, fair. Okay. Speaking of products, what is a product that you're loving right now? It can be hair, beauty, body, whatever. Lay it on us. Sure. Uh, well, I joined TikTok when the COVID pandemic happened. I think like almost so many every person did, right? Yep, yep. So I am quickly turning into a TikTok made me do it meme where I'm like writing down the beauty hacks. I'm writing down all the products and then I'm like scouring the local store. So I was one of the flurries of people that were on search for like the Maybelline Sky High Mascara, for example, like the stores, like every store was out of it. Um, but I love like the beauty hacks that are on TikTok where it's like, use a wet spoolie, speaking of bar soap, use a wet spoolie on bar soap and it's like a brow wax or, Mm -hmm. you know, crease-free foundation, do like moisturizer and then powder and then your foundation. And honestly, like those are like game changers right now. So I can't fault TikTok right now. I am loving it. It's so addicting. So good. So worth it. it. Uh, So we know that Glow has been busy during the pandemic. I mean, it's ongoing, of course. Um, You launched during the thick of it, which crazy enough. That said, we've all been in home watching and listening to things maybe more than we would have otherwise. So fans want to know, what are you streaming? I'm not a huge TV and movie person, uh, believe it or not. Look, I have two littles, uh, so to sit down and watch a movie. However, I'm a huge (laughs) podcast geek. I love 99% Invisible. It's so educational and it really opens your eyes of like things that you would just automatically glance over, but it has a huge story behind it design-wise. I love some armchair expert. I'm a huge true crime fan, huge true crime fan. Um, I do have to listen to those with headphones on uh, around my little guys. Um, But I love Crime Junkie Um, and my fan favorite, which is just like, you know, just sitting back and just laughing is how did this get made? I love it. Like, how did these bad movies, like, how did they find money? How did they find actors? And how did they get made? Love, love that one in particular. Huge June Diane Raphael fan. So I feel that. Uh, Okay. Real talk words of advice for pros who want to get to the top of their industry. It can be salon pro. It can be anything really. But from your perspective, having been in the business now for a bit, what are your thoughts? I I had to default to sustainability perspective because I do think the conversation is becoming a huge voice in the room. And like I said, customers are becoming more informed, but I think the biggest words of advice I can say is that customers are craving transparency in brands and businesses. So look, if you're looking to make a difference and make a claim, just back it up. Like fans want to see behind the scenes. They want to be informed. They want to make sure you're real and gone are the days of the, you know, the commercials that you throw on the TV and they make assumptions about your products. I customers are doing a lot of research and making sure that you stand on the pillars that you claim. So I think it's just, you know, two words, be transparent. Um, and just, you know, stand by what you do. And that's something we do at glow. Like if we say we're going to recycle X, Y, Z, we recycle X, Y, Z. We don't make a lot 
lot of big claims, we have to, for regulation purposes aside, we do want to follow through because that is something we're very passionate about and want to make a difference. And I say, do the same. If you want to make a difference, just be transparent and be the change you want to see in the world. As, you know, cliche as that sounds, it truly is, you know, I think it's coming full circle now. Last question, 2021. We're in the thick of it now. Crazily enough, it's almost April. By the time that this podcast airs, it will officially be April. What are your predictions for the Salon Pro space? I mean, you talked about sustainability, not just being marketing any longer. What else are you seeing? Yeah, I think just and truly like I've even had conversations with brands last week, even of they're looking to do more sustainability packaging. They're looking to do more customer take back programs where they're saying, we're spending all this time and money and investment in like having, uh, you know, packaging made from like sugarcane or, you know, high PCR post-consumer recycled content, you know, percentage on our packaging, but how do we know it's recycled? And, you know, so, so I love having those conversations, but I think overall the predictions that I do have is just telling that true sustainability story and and having that what we call closed loop uh, for all these brands of, you know, just really having that customer loyalty and that brand building of, okay, you say this, you know, vegan, cruelty free, clean ingredients, but you're also looking at the packaging, you're also looking at the end of life. And I think, again, the sustainability conversation is becoming a louder voice in the room and we're happy to be part of it. But I think overall, like, it's just, again, that's why we preach on education is we just want to kind of get the story out that innovative solutions aside, is just really kind of doing your research and, and being, you know, a big change that you want to see in the industry too. Love that. Well said, well put. Um, we are huge fans of flow here on the podcast. We know that our fans will be as well. We're going to include a mess of links that we've talked through um, within the show notes so that they can go and see and sort of dig deeper into these, these items that we've covered. Jennifer, an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, before we really, really wrap, where can our audience find out more about Glow? Where are you guys on social? What's the website? Please plug it right now. Absolutely. So you can find us on all standard social media channels. Uh, GlowRecycling.com is our main website and our Salon Green Dreams campaign, which you'll put in the show notes as well. It's mm-hmm. just uh, GlowRecycling.com forward slash green dash dreams. So easy to remember, but yes, you can find us on all social. We have a live chat 24 seven on our website as well. An absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. And we, we know there's going to be big things in store for Glow and we're so appreciative for, for you joining us today. Thanks, Jeffrey. It was great to be here. So that was incredible. I had no idea all of these different facets of not only just recycling the PPE, but recycling in a salon in general, the hair, the color tubes, the packaging, what goes to recycling, what actually gets kicked out and goes back to the landfill. That was really, really interesting. Yeah, no, I'm so glad that we got to sit down with Jennifer and hear about Glow. I don't feel like enough people know about what they're up to. um, And we are thrilled to be able to amplify the work that they're doing because it's so important. Love their Salon Green Dreams campaign that's underway right now. So if you guys don't know, you should check out the show notes to see how you can apply. Yeah, get into Glow. Get into glow, glow up, glow. No, probably not oh. as slow as they want. No, sorry, but anyway, a great interview. Uh, thank you to the team over at Glow for helping us facilitate. 
Be sure to hit subscribe, rate and review and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and TikTok at Read the Tease and send in questions to Jeffrey and I at volumeup at thetease.com. Volume Up is a Tease Media production. This episode was produced by Monica Hickey and Stephen Jefferson. Thank you to our creative team for putting together the graphics for this episode and to Josh Landowski for editing so you can watch and listen on YouTube.